0: The reading is from Habakkuk's Prayer, chapter 3. A prayer of Habakkuk, prophet, on Shugunoff. Not sure how to pronounce that. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Timon, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendour was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled, and the old, age-old hills collapsed, but he marches on forever. I saw the tents of Cushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows, you split the earth with rivers, the mountains saw you and writhed, Tor- torrents of water swept by, the deep roared and lifted its waves on high, sun and moon stood still in the heavens, at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear, in wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you freshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. With his own spear you pierced his head, when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. I heard, and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones, and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity. To come on the nation invading us, though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables us, me to tread on the heights. <clears throat> For the director of music on my stringed instruments.
1: Well, it's good to be here. It's really, really good to be here. And um, there's been lots of talk about it being cold, but I've had a very warm welcome from the, the heart of everyone I have come across this morning. So thank you. Thank you for that warm welcome. So as you heard those words from that reading, um, there's some really strong imagery there. Um, and uh, particularly the, towards the last verses, there's a, a picture, an image of destruction almost, um, verses 17 even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines even though the olive crop fails and the fields are like empty and barren even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty gives you a real image of a situation that feels quite bleak really and i wonder if you can't help but think of situations in the world i mean there's been a lot on the news in the last um, a few weeks, even, even yesterday, marking the two-year anniversary of the war between Russia and Ukraine. There's a lot of things that have been on the news in recent days, weeks, months, um, which, for me, as I hear those words, I'm drawn to in my mind. That's the image that comes to mind. And it um, makes me feel quite sad. And I, and I wonder, as you heard some of those verses, if it made you feel sad, But here's the thing, Um, even though those words feel, sound quite bleak, the incredible thing about this prayer that's sung is that as it continues towards the end, in the midst of this bleakness, the character at the center of it, Habakkuk, shares that he has hope. It's amazing, hope in the midst of what feels like a really challenging situation. And it's really clear that that hope That Habakkuk has is rooted in his understanding of God. God being a God who saves. Things look bleak, times are challenging, but God is in our midst. God is at work. God is a God who ultimately saves. Verse 19, he makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. Now, I don't have an image of a deer for you, but I wonder if you have an image of a deer in your mind, or if you can get an image of a deer in your mind, or even if you have a smartphone, if you might Google an image of a deer so it's there in front of you. Whichever means you use, just your imagination, or actually using a device to to have a physical image um, of a deer, just think of the way deer operate. Um, And it is quite incredible Um, they are able to climb what looks like the most precarious cliffs, rocky, um, whilst making it look easy almost, not a problem, straightforward, which is why we often have that image, that phrase, of being sure-footed like a deer, because it is incredible what they're able to do. And I guarantee that if you Google, you will see some images of deer climbing rocky um, uh, Clips And it's just, wow. Um, for us as um, human beings, like today, it's a bit, someone, someone mentioned earlier, it's a bit cold, it's a bit icy. I've got my sure-footed boots on today to make sure I don't slip. Um, so again, as, as I say, as we, we think about this, it's, it's quite incredible. So the image that we are given in this prayer, in this song, for me, as I've read it, The sure-footed deer is what stood out. I thought it was incredibly powerful. And that's the image I want each of us to hold on to as I continue to just reflect on um, these words of Scripture as we ponder what God has to say to us this morning. Now, this idea of a sure-footed deer is perhaps how we'd all like to feel as we go through the ups and downs of life. In the challenging times, for us to be able to foot, put one foot in front of another and feel confident that God will guide us so we don't need to worry about coming to harm. It's how we all love to feel. But I stress it's like we would all hope to fear, feel, even, <laughs> um, because we know that we don't always feel like that. We would love to be able to feel like that every moment of every day, but there are moments when we don't. But it's something that we seek to feel as we go about our lives through the ups and downs. As we reflect on our faith journeys so far, there'll be moments where we have felt sure-footed, but there'll be moments we felt anything but. So still working with this sure-footed image of deer. I think there is um, comfort that we can draw from this, that in, in the moments where life is challenging, God is with us. But sometimes we can think that actually in those moments, all we have to do is just be still. That sense of waiting on God, being still, waiting on God to act when things look bleak. But there's a danger that we think that's all we are to do all the time. God does save, but God saves in different ways. God always acts, but not always um, in the ways that we think God will or when God will. And god will sometimes call us in the moments where it's challenging to act and sometimes to be still now unbelievably as i was reflecting it's 10 years this year since i wrote um, some little bible studies called text and story prophets for their time and as and these stories um, all these bible studies are about five key historical baptist figures so christians who um, worshipped um, in, in baptist churches settings um, who were in challenging times but led non-violent resistance to difficult oppressive regimes during their times now some of the five figures you will have heard of some you won't won't have i will give you the names Um, So Martin Luther King Jr., very well-known name, so I'm sure um, many of you will have heard of him. Sam Sharp is another one. Oh, I've got a couple of nods as well. Peter Stanford, didn't think so. Majola Agbebi and Nanny Helen Burrows. They're from different parts of the world, which is why um, I wasn't expecting... um, any of you to know all of them, um, but they are figures that have led, as I say, resistance movements during their times. Um, I'm not going to take you through their stories this morning, um, but as most of you know Martin Martin Luther King Jr., you'll have that image in your mind, hopefully, of the kind of um, resistance movement that he led, very similar to some of the other figures, um, with some subtle differences. But the reason I mention these five figures is they are a helpful reminder of God calling us sometimes to act in moments when it's bleak, when it's challenging, not simply always just waiting and being still, um, waiting for God to act dramatically. God so often chooses to work with people. When we um, read scripture time and time again, God chooses to work with people as well as sometimes... Um, acting dramatically and unexpectedly through acts of um, creation, parting of the seas and so forth. So there is this combination that we have of waiting and acting. Even when we're acting, we're wanting to be led by God, but it's getting that balance right, and I think it can be challenging. So back to that sure-footed image of the deer. And recognizing that sometimes when we're in those bleak situations that image implies some movement as well not just waiting but sometimes moving but moving in time in step with God's Holy Spirit the challenge of course is knowing when to wait and be still and when to act And we can find ourselves in all sorts of situations where things look bleak, either for ourselves or for others. And we have that challenge. So thinking about Habakkuk and our reading this morning, it's really interesting. that The starting point for him appears to be pointing to to how he is to respond is looking back about what's happened to his community over previous years recognizing how God has brought them through challenging situations. God's always shown up, so he's confident. He knows the history of his people and the way God has saved them, gives him confidence. And um, we see that in verse two. I have heard all about you, Lord. I'm filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by And in your anger, remember your mercy. And then in verse eight, we've got that reference to God previously parting the sea to save Habakkuk's ancestors. And verse 14, with his own weapons, you destroyed the chief of those who rushed out like a whirlwind thinking Israel would be easy prey. So we have all those examples in those verses of Habakkuk drawing on what has gone before To have that confidence that God will save. So as I'm here this morning with this community, this congregation, Hardwick Evangelical Church, I wonder if you can recall times where God has brought you through some challenging times. I'm getting some nods. And then I ask, how did God do it in those challenging times? Can you recall how did God do it? How did God bring you through those times? Was it in surprising ways? Not as you thought it might have been. I wonder um, how you ended up worshipping in a school, for example. I wonder how God has shown up in surprising ways during the journey, the story of this congregation. What active role did members of this church play in this? Again, recognising God so often chooses to act through all of creation, including people. As we hear those words from Habakkuk this morning, there's a challenge perhaps to keep those memories alive. Capture them, tell the stories regularly, so you and those that come after you are reminded of God's faithfulness. I'm also conscious that I'm here in the season of Lent. So we're in this season as we look ahead to marking Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday as some people like to call it. And so we, we prepare, we spend these coming um, days and weeks um, just thinking about how we prepare ourselves, our hearts, our minds, so that we are ready to embrace all that Holy Week will bring. And then finally, that Resurrection Sunday, remembering the power of God, of Christ. Part of that reflecting on where we are is about our personal shortcomings, our sin, those moments, those things that we think, we say, we do, that fall short of God's plans designed for us. But it's also um, recognising some of the more structural stuff that's going on. So it's not always about an individual doing something to another individual. Sometimes it's policies or whole systems that work in ways that um, are bad for particular groups in society. They're unfair, they're unjust. Um, Policies about how funding is given or not given all those kinds of things. So we reflect during that time on both the personal stuff that we do, but also stuff in wider society that's happening around policies where some of the injustice, some of the things that God really isn't pleased about are sort of baked into the policies that are made that shape the lives that we live. And part of why we recognize the personal and the more structural stuff is because that's how Christ found himself in a situation of people calling for him to be crucified. It was partly a fear of what he was saying and doing about some of the unjust policies, things going on, that made people want to get rid of him. So we reflect on all of those things. So I guess the challenge I'm bringing this morning is both to reflect on the ways where God has shown up and God God has worked through people and people have done amazing things um, to glorify God in moving this church forward, but also recognising that as you look at your history, there will be times where the church hasn't got it right. There are times where maybe the church got things wrong, dare I say. It happens. History tells us. It's one of the reasons why it's so important to know our church history. Is Sometimes we can learn from the mistakes of those who've gone before us. Often people who are very well-meaning, but as we look back, we think, hmm, we got that wrong. And I wonder, as we think of remembering the stuff where... This church has got it wonderfully right in glorifying God, but also remembering the times where the church has got it wrong. Are there particular songs that help capture the feelings of joy and sorrow or regret that were sung during those times that might help you tell that story? I'm conscious that Habakkuk 3 is a prayer that's sung. It's a song. So what are the key songs in the life of this church? I wonder. Are there ones? I I mean, I I go to lots of churches and there are songs that people tell me are really important to the life of the church that have been at different times and sometimes currently are. They will say, we are singing this song and it's really giving us a sense of what God is doing and wants to do for us in this place. Now, as you ponder that, um, I can think of churches where I've gone to and they've talked about Um, An old song for I'm building um, a church of power as being one, for example. It's taken them through difficult times. But I I wonder if I share a bit of my own personal journey and songs that have been important important to me along the way. If it helps you begin to think about what might be significant songs. So this year, in October, it will be 24 years since I was baptised. And uh, I remember we got to choose a song, so each of the candidates, there were a number of us that were baptized that day. And I remember my choice of song was Faithful One, which was so significant for me in my journey of coming to faith. I, I was one of those people that went to church as a child, left as a teenager because I found it boring and irrelevant, um, and returned when life was really challenging. Because what I remembered about church from my days of being there as a child was it had lots of people who cared about me. It's really interesting, that's what brought me back, kind and caring people. Um, And at the time, as a family, we were going through the challenge of um, someone being very ill and I was really, really um, finding it challenging. And I remember being sat in the church and that song, Faithful One, playing, and it touched my heart, my soul, and it was the beginning of me deciding to commit to follow Jesus in the whole of my life, for life, through baptism. And so that is a song, whenever I hear it, it brings me back to those moments, those places. I can... Almost as I speak now, I can picture myself in that church, in that moment. If I fast forward and think about my journey as a minister, becoming a Baptist minister, I can remember when I was inducted um, as uh, the pastor of a church for the first time. um, And as I was helping to choose songs there, I chose the song of God of the City. I don't know if anyone any of you know that? Um, I'm not a good singer, so I'm not going to attempt to give you any bars. But some of the lines are, you're the god of this city. But it was being um, in a place where, um, when you looked at the census, it was one of the areas of the UK that had the highest amount of atheists. And there was a real sense of... um, God needing to, to um, people being, needing to be more aware of God's presence and power. And for the congregation to have more of a sense of God's confidence in us and God already being at work and having plans. And that is, it's a roaring song. It, I, I, I encourage you after this service to, to look, look at the words, look it up. It is a real anthem. Powerful, you're the God of this city. Um, and that for me, again, captured the moment of where the church was. More recently, when I was inducted um, alongside Claire, so Claire and I were inducted as regional ministers at the same time in November 2021, and, and we, we, were, we got to choose um, songs that were, were important to us. And in that moment, the song that I chose was Waymaker. I, well, I, so some of you know that. Um, which spoke of... Um, many things as, as to where I was at that moment. Um, the call to be a regional minister is a challenging one, especially in these times. We were um, at the tail end of the pandemic, lots of churches were thinking about what next, what do we do, how are we going to recover? Um, but I had a tr- strong sense of God calling me to the role and that sense that God would make a way, show, clear, I, others the way um, of journeying with churches and ministers as god continues to build his kingdom here on earth and so song is so significant so important and so for me it's a real joy that um, as a church you're focusing on songs during this series and um, habakkuk i hope this morning just these short reflections And if nothing else, you take away that image of the deer, the sure-footed deer, um, and how that enables you to remember the importance of knowing and sharing the key events, the life and story of this church, that it's important. Church history matters. And that Habakkuk's song reminds us. It's a source of inspiration, of hope for the journey, of faith you are on, both individually and collectively. And I pray um, that songs will continue to help you tell that story and that the words of Habakkuk you'll come back to time and time again and have that sense of hope, just as he had. Whether you pray it, whether you sing it, but may you know God is at work in you individually, and collectively, no matter how bleak, wider society, the world may seem, no matter the challenge, God is there, God is able. And by the time we get to Easter Sunday and we get to celebrate that resurrection, I hope we will be rejoicing in the God that we know, love and serve. Amen.